This Tridio production is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and made possible by you, our listener. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit tridio.com slash donate. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode number 48. I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Hi, I'm Dominic Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. Today we're discussing the ninth Doctor story, Dalek. Uh, not the Dalek, by the way, folks. Dalek. That's I've, I've had to be corrected on that since last week. Uh, joining me today on the panel, uh, as always, are Father Corey Stika. How's it going? And Jimmy Aiken. Howdy, Dom. So let's uh, listen to the trailer for this episode of Doctor Who. Where are we? Earth, Utah, North America. Attention all personnel. Bad Wolf 1 descending. Someone's collecting aliens. That makes you exhibit A. The cage contains my one living specimen. And what's that? Exterminate! Impossible. Must have fallen through time, the only survivor. He's killing him! Do something! Condition red, condition red. I repeat, this is not a drill. Oh my god. Release me if you want to live. We're nearly there, give us two seconds! Van Staten, I swear, no one on this base is safe. No one on this planet! So the Ninth Doctor and Rose Tyler, they arrive in the year 2012 to answer the distress signal and meet a collector of alien artifacts, uh, artifacts, uh, an, a, an obnoxious American gazillionaire who has one living specimen in his collection. Uh, and the doctor is horrified to find out that the creature is a member of a race he thought was destroyed, a Dalek. So, also uh, known as a Metaltron. A Metaltron. <laughs> Uh, so when did this air? It aired in uh, uh, April 30th, 2005 uh, was the original airing. So they, they uh, speculated out seven years to 2012. Uh, this is the, the Ninth Doctor, uh, his, the sixth episode of the Ninth Doctor's one season. Um, so uh, what, what do we find interesting about this? So the, 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 this is the reintroduction of the Daleks to... New Who, the the reboot of Doctor Who. We hadn't seen them yet in the previous five episodes, and so now is when they've brought back about halfway through the run the uh, of this first season. Uh, they bring back the most famous of all the Doctor Who villains. Uh, the Doctor's enemies is the Daleks uh, in the form of this single Dalek. We we'd been told before, uh, have have we, or is this when we find out that the the Daleks, as, as far as we know, the Daleks and the Time Lords were destroyed in the Time War. Yeah, this is the clearest discussion of that that we have uh, thus far. Okay. We knew that the Time Lords had been destroyed because the Doctor referenced that actually fairly early on, that he, he was the last of his race. But um, beyond that, we really didn't hear a lot about the Daleks themselves. Actually, I don't remember, Jimmy, did they even mention the da that the Daleks were the other side of the war before this? I, I don't recall, but we certainly have a fuller explanation of, of what's happened in between the two series in this episode than we've had previously. 
one of the things now, last week on this podcast, we reviewed the first appearance of the Daleks all the way back in the the first Doctor's time. It was the second Doctor Who story ever. Um, And it was a much bigger story than what we have here. This one is much more intimate in its feel. It's, It's not... We don't go to Scarrow. This is happening on Earth. There's just the one Dalek, and yeah. it's a very intimate thing. You have just the, you know, the Doctor and, and Rose, but it's really about the the fact that this Dalek is sort of a mirror image of the Doctor, mm-hmm. and and this is also the first good Dalek story we have, where there's a Dalek that starts to turn good. So it's very different than the original Dalek story. It's a very different kind of introduction. They don't repeat what they did to introduce in the first time. And in fact, uh, they they sort of, I guess, rely on the audience having something of a knowledge of what Daleks are, uh, at, you know, at, in this episode, because they don't treat it as a completely new introduction. Uh, emotionally, they're already sort of. It, it, my impression was that even though they do set it up for people who don't know what a Dalek is, they're still building on the emotion of the Doctor knowing just how dangerous this thing is, Correct. and it, I mean, kind of expecting the audience to know that too. There, there is the scene about how you know what's the closest city, Salt Lake. How many people? A million people, all dead. dead. That was, you know, that's kind of great. The way the Doctor was like dead, all of them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, this is this was my first introduction to Daleks in a Doctor Who story, because, as I said before, mm-hmm. my my introduction to Doctor Who came with the the first season of the Ninth Doctor. And although I, I had some cultural understanding of Daleks and exterminate, I mean, you just can't be a sci fi fan and not have heard some of that uh, at mm-hmm. some point. But uh, but I felt like that this did a good job of introducing the Daleks that and the the conflict between the doctor and the daleks i really i mean you can't help but but see that in this um and i felt i felt like at, at the time even the as we run i mean kind of skipping ahead but as we run through this the how it affects the doctor like how how much his hatred of the daleks uh, it affects the doctor's ability to see objectively uh the individual dalek in front of him um, and it takes yeah. Rose's humanity to kind of pull him out of it. To pull both the Dalek and the, the Doctor out. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And that kind of ties into the season-long arc, that the Bad Wolf arc uh, that mm-hmm. we that we get, which is that Rose seems to be the key to a whole to a whole universe-changing sort of event uh, around this idea of Bad Wolf. Um and, and and so in this episode, Rose is is key to, to for both the Doctor and the the Dalek. So, I mean, let's kind of start at the beginning. I mean, we have this this obnoxious American bazillionaire who owns the Internet. But, yeah, go ahead, by the way, I just wanted to touch on the uh, hatred that the oh, Doctor sure. has. That's something new. I mean, he's never liked the Daleks. Obviously, they've been opponents. But um, but. The doctor has never had this over-the-top hatred reaction towards the Daleks before. I mean, the, the last time he met the Daleks, um, well, I guess so, was in the time of Sylvester McCoy, uh, the the uh, seventh Doctor, 
And he was at that point, I mean, there's a famous scene where he's mocking Davros, you know, mm-hmm. talking about unlimited rice pudding, you know, and, <laughs> and and stuff like that. And then in the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie, he actually goes to Scarrow and does a mission for the Daleks, at least briefly. That's the setup for the movie mm-hmm. is the Daleks have captured the master and they want the doctor to like transport him for execution or something. And so he's actually cooperating with the Daleks the last time we see him. And then we come back from the time war and suddenly he is an anti-Dalek rage machine. And it's it for long term fans. This is telling us about the uh, this is a character development telling us about what the time war did to him. Okay, exactly. That's good. That's good background, because um, from a point of view of a new fan, um, I just kind of assumed that the that the doctor and the and the Daleks were implacably implacable enemies who hated one another. So it's it's one aspect that did, that did get a little bit lost uh, in not knowing that. Uh, so we've got this museum. It, it reminds me uh, this sort of a trope of of the the collector. So like in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the, the the most recent movie and the comic books, uh, there's the the collector in the in the end of the, the that movie or in the beginning, you know, who has creatures and beings and objects from all over the 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 universe. Uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation had an episode yep. mm-hmm. uh, where we had Kivas Fajo, which was a great character yeah. who uh, collected yep. data. Uh, and a baseball card, and he invented the he reinvented the smell of bubblegum to go along with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And when I say he collected data, not like uh, data, but the, the uh, sentient the uh, Android. Android. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but, um, but it's sort of a trope of this unbelievably arrogant, improbably wealthy, imp- improbably powerful uh, person. In this case, a, an American who kept, who controls the elections and owns the internet and it's sort of this over the top sort of character uh yeah which is is, bad bad writing from my point of view it's it's such a stereotype the over the top rich jerk yeah one interesting thing i liked in the uh the museum and of course that that's what sets up the the doctor being dr rose being captured but they it looks like they actually used a 1980s era cyberman costume piece the Mm -hmm. head Yep. In in the actual shooting, which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool that they brought that back. Well, I was wondering what else did we, what other little Easter eggs are there? Because we saw a Cyberman, uh Slithine. Uh did you guys arm. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Slithine arm. Uh did you guys see any other little Easter eggs from Classic Who in there? Not that I recall off the top of my head. I'm i it's been a, a week or two since I watched this. One thing I wanted to say, though, it just occurred to me, your Dom, your uh, comparison of Van Staten to Kivas Faggio is interesting because Kivas Faggio in that Next Generation episode is a, is a dehumanizing collector. Yeah. But he's so much subtler than yes. what we have here. Yes. He displays vulnerability. He's not sure. He's trying to be reasonable about things, even though he's determined to get his way. He ultimately kills people, but it's with regret. Um, and he's such a, the understatement of Kivas Faggio and the vulnerability of Kivas Faggio is so much more satisfying with this collector trope than the over-the-top jerk who finally gets his comeuppance that we have here. 
I felt like there was this, there wasn't a single redeeming quality to that character of Henry Van Staten. Mm-hmm. There's, he just was annoying and arrogant and just needed to, I mean, he, he was there in order for the, for the, the audience to say yes, when he finally gets his, um, and yeah, exactly. it, it just didn't really add anything interesting to the story. Uh, it so, was, it was fun to see the, the, the doctor and him having their little, uh, hormone uh match shall we say <laughs> a little testosterone yeah. display yes um yeah. yes uh and 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 it was um the actress who, who plays sven staten's uh assistant i've Goddard. seen her in, yes I've, yeah i've seen it her in some other me, things it drove me nuts trying to remember where i'd stargate. seen her before she was a stargate, stargate. sg1 she, she was osiris on stargate sg1 yep. yes. so if you're watching this and it's driving you nuts that's where you've seen her so, uh, yes it, exactly IMDb is your friend. I, 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 whenever I watch TV or movies, it's always open because that I've all, that always happens to me. I'm like, where did I see you know, that guy? And you know, speaking of actors and actresses, um, you know, one thing that's always been an issue in Doctor Who is portraying American characters because they're almost invariably British actors who can't get the American accent. Well, Van Staten is from New Orleans, so he actually is an American. <laughs> yes, the, yeah. the, the character the actor who played him. So. <laughs> Probably, I think this is probably the first of New Who of an American actor playing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, American. I don't know about I don't know about American. classic Who, but you know, yeah. an American actor in New Who. I think he was the first. Yeah, American I'm sure. U.S., Canada. You know, yeah. yeah, the wider sense of America. I'm I'm sure there were. I don't know specifically, but I'm sure there were some in in original Who. Although famously. Um, the doctor's companion Perry, who was meant to be an American, was <laughs> that's a, who I was thinking of. <laughs> was a British actress who happened to be married to an American, so she had like an American passport that she used to try to fool the producers into thinking she was an American actress. But she, her accent is horrible, <laughs> and and they just didn't pick up on it apparently. But as soon as it was broadcast, all the Americans in the audience are tearing <laughs> their hair out, going, "This is not an American accent." So the the first uh, Doctor uh, story we watched, the Tenth Planet, uh, I'm I, I'm fairly sh- certain that the general was an American, or he just yeah. was a really good, he was really accent. good, yeah. And, um, and by the way, spoiler: we will see Perry next week. On this podcast, yeah, we'll be talking about the the regeneration from the fifth to the sixth uh, Doctor, the fifth, and she's which, the companion. Yeah, the Caves of Andersani, which is considered one of the best Doctor Who stories ever. Oh wow, it's a good one. It's I got a lot one. of TV watching this week to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we've got a lot of season, uh, movie uh, TV premieres uh, as we're recording this. A lot of TV premieres coming out too. So I got a I got a lot of catching up. So anyway, back to this uh, episode. Um, the Doctor. I I really enjoyed that moment when the doctor goes down. He's, they're captured by Venstatten, and the, and he, uh, um, he they kind of go through this. Well, you know, you're holding that that alien artifact wrong. Uh, is it dangerous? No, you just look silly holding it that way. And and the doctor mm-hmm. comes across as an expert in alien things. Um, and so in order to which is a which is a little silly. I mean, it's like yeah. he wouldn't know everything in the universe. Right, right. It's like, oh, you're American. You must know, you know, e- even though you're from, you know, New York, you must know everything about uh, Tex-Mex. Cajun food. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, the, in order to secure their release, they are going to go down into the, the, the bowels of this museum to meet the, the only living specimen. Um, we, we, 
you know, the doctor is completely blindsided as he goes into this vault with this dangerous creature um, and realizes it's a Dalek. And he, at first he freaks out, get me out of here. It'll kill me. Uh, but then when he realizes that it's impotent, that it, it you can't shoot its little laser thingy, um, he, he turns on a dime and that hatred is on full display. I mean, he's f- literally almost frothing at the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> at this thing. Um, and then the 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 Dalek has a line which is very interesting, where it kind of throws it back at the Doctor. You and I are the same. We are alone in the universe. Um, and it's a that that interesting moment where the Doctor kind of is he he's kind of you know knocked on his heels by this Dalek. This uh, is that's one that's one aspect of the Dalek I really liked in this episode is it mocked the Doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this yeah. point. There's another point here. We'll talk a little bit where. You know, he, the, the doctor is almost, you know, slapped upside the head, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the, the mocking of the Dalek back towards him. You know, he, he, I think he's used to being the one that mocks the Daleks and now he kind of gets his comeuppance there. <laughs> right. Well, and in a broader way in this episode too, because we have a lot of role reversal happening here. The Dalek starts to turn good as a result of its encounter with Rose, the doctor, as a result of his encounter with the Dalek starts to turn bad. Mm-hmm. And so you have a good Dalek versus a bad version of the doctor. Um, now he's right about certain things. The Dalek is going to end up being dangerous, but not it's, it's more complex than what he is realizing. And so you have kind of a, a nice counterpoint in a way to the doctor always being the wise, you know, good guy. In this episode, he's not. We see another side of the doctor where he his rage interferes with his judgment, and he's not just un, an unalloyed good guy. Well, and it it we see this again. Uh, we mentioned this last week. We'll mention again the twelfth Doctor episode into the Dalek. You know, the yeah. a good Dalek that the Doctor is is you know. Counterpointed with counter, yeah, his hatred for the for the good quote unquote Dalek, you know, his dismissal of the possibility, and uh, he obviously doesn't remember this episode by that point. Well, uh, I guess, yeah, well, just like they recycled the Daleks into other series like Planet of the Daleks in John Pertwee's time, they basically take this episode Dalek and in Peter Capaldi's time make remake it as Into the Dalek, where the crushing line in that episode is where the good Dalek tells the doctor you would make a good Dalek. Right. Right. Um, so at this point, the, the, the doctor, you know, kind of is, is removed from the vault and he goes off with Van Staten. In the, in meanwhile, uh, Rose is hanging out with, uh, you know, a uh, cute genius boy, Adam, Adam um, who is a Van Staten's expert in in tech, alien technology for some reason, um, and a fellow Brit. Yes, and fellow Brit. And so they, you know, in the midst of their teenage flirting, they, he takes them down to meet the Dalek. And Rose has no idea of what a Dalek is, and all she sees is a creature uh, piteously confined and tortured. And so she sort of gets manipulated by the Dalek. Not even sort of. She does. She gets manipulated by the Dalek into regenerating him. I mean, she's she's really kind of fooled uh, by the yeah, Dalek. Yeah, so, so like she touches the Dalek and it gets human DNA from her and that somehow fixes it. Well, and 
it ex- explain it says later on that extrapolates extrapolates the biomass of a time traveler and that regenerates him. That's that's the that's okay, the literal yeah. explanation. That's they the give. explanation. I'm yeah, not sure what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's goofy, but it's obviously what they're doing there is it, she ha- they're relying on the fact she's a time traveler to get around. Why hasn't this already happened? Because other people have been touching this Dalek. It's it's been able to yeah. get other people's DNA. Right, and and other people who've touched it have died. Uh, that's yeah, exactly. and that's why we were supposed to see you know her touching it. We were supposed to be worried that she would be injured by it. Um, so uh, as the Dalek is regenerating, they run from the room, close the vault, and then the Dalek comes and starts trying the one billion combinations on the lock. Yeah. At which, which point, is silly. I'm thinking this is this is one of these <laughs> these tropes that always drive me nuts. Why is there not a switch on the outside that turns off the inside lock? Yeah, turns off yeah. The, turn off the power to the lock. <laughs> yeah, where's the kill switch? Yeah, exactly. let's just pull the fuse. So and let's all stand <laughs> there staring at it as it tries all the combinations. The the trope that I find and there's several here, but one that I find really problematic is the idea that the Dalek is some kind of super genius that can do a billion calculations in a second. No Dalek has ever been portrayed as that smart before. The Daleks right. are not the brightest bulbs in the villain drawer <laughs> yes. on Doctor well, Who. And this is the and, first time and, that we see the, the suction cup actually be something other than a suction cup where he can actually right. manipulate well, it. That was nice. I liked that. On the other hand, even if the doc, even if the Dalek was a super genius that deserved a gold star for excellence in mathematics and could run a billion combinations in a second, the physical mechanism of the door lock would not accept a billion combinations in a second. Exactly. So there's several flaws here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is this is hyping the drama where it doesn't need to be hyped. The Dalek has a gun. It can blast its way through the door. Right. They should have just let it blast the door open. And yes, because it does a good job of blasting things after this. Well, to be fair, it's not until the case is regenerated that the gun works. Yes. I mean, that is, no. Yeah. That's, that's the way they that... explain that. It's until he absorbs like the, you know, eastern third of the United States energy. Um, right. Which. By the way, Jimmy, you remember the great power outage of 2012, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when the world ended, yeah. So uh, they, uh, the, the Dalek escapes, starts mowing down the, uh, the paramilitary uh, forces hired by this uh, egotistical billionaire. Um, and then as they as they running from it, they decide, hey, here's how you escape. Go up the stairs. It can't possibly follow us. There are no elevators Which, in this building. Apparently, that's, that's that's a classic trope from Doctor Who, though. Of you know, yeah. kids would scream at their TV. You know, the Doctor be running away from the 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 Dalek. Find some stairs and climb it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Which, or climb a ladder. <laughs> Obviously, we've come a long way from the first appearance of the Daleks, where they had to be in contact with the metal floor of their city, or they would instantly stop. Exactly, because you know, they didn't have batteries. Apparently. Um, now they but, have batteries that uh, absorb a Amer- uh, U.S. power grid. Yeah, and so here the Dalek can actually levitate to get around the stairs problem. For fans of long term Who, though, that's actually not new. Nope. This kind of floored seeing the Dalek levitate was something that floored a lot of new watchers who weren't aware of this. But <clears throat> during uh, the Sylvester McCoy era, I think it was in remembrance of the Daleks. Yes. Uh, we saw a Dalek do exactly this yep. to uh, to get around a stairs problem. And, and was... so we've actually seen Daleks fly before. 
elevate. Yeah, that's the, 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 that was the first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the first time we, we saw that. And it was it was uh, that, you know, that the doctor was like, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> And in fact, we eventually uh, we'll see uh, in future episodes and in, in future seasons, D- uh, Daleks flying everywhere. They just they just are yes. uh, in huge numbers, in huge numbers. Yes. Um, at some points, Vince Statton says, thank you, doctor. But I think I know how to fight a single tin robot. And I'm thinking to myself, how? Like, how would you know how to fight a, a, a single tin robot? Never mind this robot that has been decimating all of with a can opener yeah, exactly yeah but, but he you owns been, the internet he owns the internet he knows everything right. um you know so we lots of you know there's lots of running and screaming and the dalek capturing rose but not killing her which is our first mm-hmm. sign uh um that it's changing something's different um the doctor yeah. has assumed that that it has uh killed rose at this point uh until he sees her and, again and it, in fact, the doctor not only assumes it's killed Rose, the doctor lets it kill Rose, or he thinks that's what he's doing in order right. to save everybody else on the planet. He And that's another thing. One Dalek could never take out a whole planet. But um, the he, in order to save everybody, he allows Rose, he thinks, to be killed by the Dalek, and he's willing to let a companion die for strategic purposes. Right. And that's another sign of just how intense his hatred of, of Daleks is and how scared of them he is. He then has, a, after he realizes Rose is not dead, he has pains of conscience about it and says he's never going to do that again. Right. So what use are emotions if you will not save the woman you love is it's actually something that the Dalek says um, yeah. to him. It, it, again, a very interesting mocking by the Dalek of the doctor um the a- adam and the doctor they collect some of the the alien weapons uh that vince Staten has has collected they uh the 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 dalek reaches vince Staten's office it's been climbing through the, the the place um and it wants to kill vince Staten for torturing it um but rose stops it um and then the dalek it it you know listens to rose he said you don't have to kill anymore it asks what it wants besides killing people and the dalek um says it wants freedom and so she takes it up to the to the level one and uh, blows a hole in the roof of the vaults um and then we get this moment that is we've never had in doctor who where it opens up the casing and we see an actual dalek this disgusting mutated one-eyed yeah. tentacled creature yeah, we, we've had glimpses of Daleks before. In fact, we mentioned in their first story, we see like a clawed hand um, peeping out under a, under a piece of cloth um, that's a, like a part of a Dalek. And we've seen other little glimpses of them from time to time, but we've never had a full stable shot of one. And so that is what we get here for the first time. The Dalek wants to experience sunbathing. And so, yeah. uh, so, so, uh, so Rose lets it and we get our first clear view of a, uh, of a Dalek. And so this is when the doctor appears holding his, uh, alien hand cannon and, uh, yeah. and it, it tells Rose to get out of the way so he can destroy it. And there's a showdown. And the, the, this is when the Dalek says you would make a good Dalek to the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, because of his hatred. Uh, and that 
that knocks the doctor on his heels. He didn't expect that. Uh, it makes him re rethink himself. Uh, and then Rose kind of tells it, you know, you know, um, you know, the, the Dalek is changing, but what is the mm -hmm. doctor changing into? This is sort of, this is the question I think that this whole series, this whole episode has been built around was this moment where the doctor has to confront himself. Um, and it's this idea of, you know, uh, if we become evil in the pursuit of, of, of evil things, if we could be, if we embrace evil in order to defeat evil, what does that make us? I think that's, I think that's the, the question at the root of this episode. And it's a good question. Is, it's a classic question. Yeah, it's, we, we see that rehearsed in a lot of different forms in a lot of stories. Um, in this case, it's, I, I think it's well done because it shows us um, something that it shows us the gravity of the time war. Even though at this point we know very little about the Time War, we see what it's done to the Doctor, how it's made him this bad person. Uh, at least he has this bad person inside of him that when the Time War comes up, as it has with the appearance of this Dalek, he it, he's not a hero anymore. And this is part of his recovery morally from the Time War is confronting this Dalek and learning how, again, to be a good guy in spite of the presence of a Dalek. Right. And this, the Dalek itself um, is trying to deal with its own changes. Um, it, the, the DNA it absorbed from Rose is mutating it, and it's ha trying to reconcile um, the new ideas that it's absorbed from Rose with the Dalek notion that anything that's not Dalek must be destroyed yeah delics i mean delics are the ultimate bigots if you are not exactly like them you must be destroyed there is right. no middle ground right and, uh the episode uh sylvester mccoy episode that jimmy referenced that's a big part of it is there's actually a war between two competing factions of daleks because they're different from each other yeah there's also like neo-nazis in that episode too so yeah you have the human equivalent exactly so uh the Dalek in its in its inability to reconcile itself, um, it's it's under the command of Rose now. I mean, that's that's we've kind of mm -hmm. developed is that it, it will it obeys under the influence under the influence. Right. It can't kill itself on its own volition. It needs her to order it to die. Um, and even though she she, you know, is reluctant at first, she does. And then there's this interesting to effect. release it from its suffering. Right. Right. Uh, and there's this effect uh, where it rises into the air. The little balls. This must have a name. The little balls all over the Dalek. They're they're just called Dalek bumps. Oh, and this is the this is great because it's the first time <laughs> in the history of Doctor Who the Dalek bumps have ever done anything. Yeah. And <laughs> so so they 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 disengage from the body of the Dalek and kind of form a an energy sphere around it that that wipes it out. That you know kind of collapses it into a singularity or something um yeah and uh presumably they have some other function besides being a self-destruct but they at least are capable of doing something so that's nice right they're not just decorative there's a question that the dalek asks at, in this scene where it says what am i if i don't know my function anymore and that's an interesting question because daleks they i mean they 
they they're a race that has mutated to such a point where they have one overriding imperative that it's just uh, above every other uh, uh, desire, which is to destroy. And so if if it's no longer has that, then what is its purpose? And it can't it, it can't conceive of it of another function, another reason to live. Um, and it's a it's a very interesting moral conundrum. This idea is if if I if I you know if I don't know what my purpose is anymore, what's the point in living? And we we I mean we see that as a moral question for our time for for people uh, even our our day people, you know it comes up in things related to euthanasia and assisted suicide and terminal illness and that sort of thing where where people or, or midlife crises where people have defined themselves in terms of their job or something like that right? yes uh, so it's an interesting question that you know that we that we get confronted with as in a in a human way which is you know if you know what is my function? And the the Dalek, you know, if it it doesn't have a function, it needs to destroy itself. But from a human perspective, you know, our 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 function goes beyond any of that. I mean, from a from a you know, we we all you know, the three of us approach things from a Catholic perspective. Our function is 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 God given. It comes from outside us. Um, well, and the, the the Dalek is Daleks are they're they're soldiers. That's all they are. That's right. all they exist to be. There's nothing else to a Dalek. A Dalek doesn't hope. A Dalek doesn't wish. It just, it's exterminate. That's right. it, you know, and that's what it exists for, to exterminate until Daleks are all that's left. Right. From our point of view, our function goes beyond our job, our relationships with other people even, but it, it comes from our identity uh, as uh, the the created son or daughter of God. That's uh, That's our function. So there's, and there's no way for us to lose that identity, right. that that function. Uh, so it, it, it's a bit of a diversion from the story, but I just thought it was an interesting moral question well, that it raises. Yeah, and it touches on not just religious themes, but philosophical ones as well, because what the Dalek is wrestling with is actually dealt with in existentialist philosophy. There's a famous issue of does essence precede existence or does existence precede essence? And that's essentially the struggle that the Dalek is having here because its essence is to be a warrior. And if it's not, should it even exist? Right. Right. So, it, I mean, it's, it's good. It's a good way. I mean, I, I, that it's the redeeming quality of this episode that it raises these questions and helps us think about them. Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that we've mentioned that were, were not as good, but this is where I think this scene is where the episode really kind of redeems itself. Um, th there's a question here that it leaves us with as well. Another one, which is, you know, the Dalek is changing because of its encounter, and and the Doctor is changing too. And you know, what is the Doctor going to changing into? How does this mm -hmm. change the Doctor um, from what we we see him uh, as he progresses through this? Um, that is a question that gets answered through the rest of the season in a way, um, yep. and it really kind of defines the Ninth Doctor this journey uh, mm -hmm. through, through this. So. And this is, episode is obviously kind of a speed bump for Rose because, you know, she's run off with this madman with a box. And in this episode, she gets to see the dark side of the madman. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So as the episode ends, uh, Van Staten is um, going to get his mind wiped by uh, Goddard, uh, who's taking over for him. And he's going to be dropped in a city that begins with an S, uh, which plays back to an earlier um, 
uh, joke at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and she's going to fill the vault with as cement. A, as like a homeless person. Right. Yep. Right. Uh, she's going to fill the vault with cement uh, to to bury everything, all the potentially bad technology in there, which has got to be every ounce of cement in the east in the western United States. Yeah, and some 60-some layers <laughs> or 60-some floors of... <laughs> That's very improbable, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, all, it's as stupid as at the end of Battlestar Galactica, where it's, hey, let's all ditch our technological civilization and starve you know exactly um if you have advanced tech you don't get you don't just get rid of it you may get rid of the problematic dalek but now that that's gone we've got all the rest of this stuff we need to figure out and in fact they made a point in the episode that uh, a lot of this technology was used to create some uh the technology that we take for granted like i think like <clears throat> mris or something like that like he makes this like vince yeah. that makes this claim that the alien technology it's been reverse engineered. It has been reverse, yeah. Uh, Which is actually something that's claimed by some in the UFO community. Yes. Well, they, that, they even they kind of point point at that by saying, you know, that broadband came from Roswell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> broadband internet came from Roswell. So. Well, we thank our UFO overlords for giving us the internet. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, for one, yeah, welcome our UFO overlords. Uh, so at the end of the uh, episode, um, there's this, this young British fellow, Adam, who uh, has a thing for Rose, apparently. And he he becomes a short term companion. He's he, yeah. he travels in the tar- gets into the TARDIS to travel with the doctor and Rose. Um, very interesting point is that we never see the interior of the TARDIS in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens. Yep. That's happened periodically yeah. in the history of the show. In in Adam's case, so the doctor is not enthusiastic about bringing Adam along. He's already sized this guy up and decided he doesn't have what it takes to be a companion. Um, although I don't know that they really establish that. It's just like the doctor somehow knows this. But uh, Rose is interested in taking Adam along, and the doctor agrees for Rose's sake and says, you know, be it on your own head. Um, so that's already setting us up for this is not going to be a long-term companion. This is actually going to be a failed companion. Yep. And they're foreshadowing that, I guess, to tell the audience, don't get too attached to this character. Yep. That's right. And that's right. Ne- next, the next episode, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it's rather amusing, actually. Yeah, he gets his comeuppance at the end of that episode. But that's, that's a teaser for two weeks when we talk about that episode. Yeah. That's right. Um, so anything left to say about this episode? Is there, you know, any other particular things that we did like or didn't like about this episode that we didn't cover? One thing they developed in this episode, um, with the Dalek, you know, there's always been blind spots. Daleks have always had huge blind spots. I mean, basically like, you know, 180 degrees that they couldn't see anything. Well, in this episode, they show him swiveling his, his head and his, the middle section so that he's got 360 degrees of fire and vision. Yeah, right. That's something we haven't seen before with Daleks. They've always been focused on what they can turn their heads. And so it's been a very na- narrow field of view. Well, now this Dalek can do 360 degrees, and that makes them, shows them as, as being much more terrifying as they were before because yeah. they could shoot behind them. Yeah, that's something that that presumably, you know, technologically, the Daleks have progressed technologically. And by the time of the time war, they would have been much more powerful than they were originally. And even though I think the idea of a Dalek taking out Earth is is silly, 
they do make this Dalek effectively much scarier, even on his own. What I liked about this is they found a genuinely new Dalek plot. One of the, I mean, the original Dalek story kind of set the template for a lot of what the Daleks would later do. And a lot of Dalek stories just feel like recycled uh, previous Dalek stories. There have been certain standouts, though, where you have the original Dalek episode, uh, the Daleks, the original story. Then you have things like Genesis of the Daleks, which is the classic Tom Baker Dalek story. And, And then you have this one where they found something genuinely new to do, where it's just the Doctor and one Dalek, and it raises the question of, can a Dalek be good? And 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 what does that do to the Doctor? So it, in my mind, even though this episode has some profound flaws, like the Van Staten character, it also found something genuinely new to do with Daleks. And in that sense, it's kind of a classic Dalek story, not a classic Who story but a classic Dalek story to the point that they then recycled it and tried to make it better by doing the uh, Into the Dalek story with Peter Capaldi, where it's essentially this episode, but minus the Van Staten character. So um, an interesting um, little uh, tidbit about this episode is, I think at the time that they were airing these in 2005, uh, the BBC was trying to do some multimedia stuff to, 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 promote the series they created a a video game that you could play on the bbc website uh, a flash based a browser-based flash game uh if anybody remembers those things uh called flash (laughs) exactly good riddance to flash uh the last dalek (laughs) it was called and you uh, you got to play in the in the person of the dalek betteltron uh as you escape from uh the the vault uh, in this case, the vault had ten levels, not sixty some odd. Um, and the, the the your aim was to escape the vault, destroy the TARDIS, and exterminate the Ninth Doctor, which is an interesting. So it's kind of a a first non person shooter game, <laughs> exactly, or, or as they call it, a third person shooter. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, it's it's still out there. I'll make sure we get a link into the show oh, notes. Oh, cool. It's uh, flashgamesplayer dot com has harvested it. Oh, fun! So it is still out there. Oh, and by the way, I uh, I mentioned this on a previous broadcast, but a few weeks ago I was at a local Doctor Who convention, San Diego WhoCon, and I got a bunch of uh, pictures with various cosplayers. Uh, so I got a picture with the fourth, with the fourth Doctor, with the tenth Doctor, the eleventh Doctor, with Missy, with River, and uh, I've got those pictures on my Facebook page. So hopefully we can include a link to those as yeah, well. Actually, and if anyone, you, uh, we have a link uh-huh. to those in the uh, as show notes for uh, episode uh, Secrets of Doctor Who episode number forty six, the Logopolis episode. Uh, there is okay, a link to awesome. them. In. Yep. And in case anybody is, and people have asked, what's the costume I'm wearing? Well, it's not from the show. Uh, I one of the types of folk dance I do is a form of British folk dance. So since it's a British show, we were demonstrating the folk dance at the convention, and I'm wearing a folk dance costume. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, good. So um, that's about it, I think. There, was, there is one other little tidbit. Maybe I should uh, just throw this in, which is that um, according to the TARDIS Wikia, um, this episode, Dalek, was originally... Um, it, it was a uh, Dalek was adapted from an uh, an audio a big finish audio story called Jubilee, mm-hmm. 
Um, that featured the sixth doctor. Sixth doctor, yeah. So it was appara- Colin Baker. apparently somewhat similar, uh, although it was set in the Tower of London, um, but had a, a, a similar um, plot element. Yeah, and that's something that happens periodically throughout New Who, um, where you have, because the people who were involved in creating New Who, before it, a lot of them were involved with Big Finish and other licensed Doctor Who products. And so they would take some of the more interesting stories they'd already done and recycle them into a TV version. Okay, okay. Yeah, because at the time, you just didn't, there was there was no other way to create Doctor Who stories except Big Finish. Uh, and comics. And, and, and comics and, and things and like that. Yeah. Uh, another example of that is uh, the story The Lodger from the 10th Doctor's Time, where um, yeah. he... He meets uh, this kind of British schlub guy by being a lodger in his house because there's like a weird thing happening upstairs. That's also based on another huh. licensed property. Which uh, the the lodger featured James Corden, who yeah. later gains fame in the the, the Late Show uh, on American TV. So, uh, so I guess that's it from us uh, on this episode of The Secrets of Doctor Who. So, what did you think of the Ninth Doctor story, Dalek? Um, let us know. Visit us at tridio.com, T-R-I-D-E-O.com, or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Leave us some feedback or send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. Uh, you can leave us voice feedback. You, you can record it using your, your uh, smartphone or some other way and email the file to us. We, we'd love to hit, have your feedback. We'd love to, to read uh, f- feedback on, your, on, your, on the show and to discuss it. Uh, you can find links to all of our personal social media and websites on our show notes on Tridio.com. We'll be back next week when we'll be discussing the fifth Doctor regeneration story, The Caves of Androzani. Until then, Jim... <laughs> Woohoo! Doctor Who! Until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining us in the sharing of the secrets of Doctor Who. My pleasure. Uh, Father Cory Stika, thank you as well. Well, thank you. And uh, once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Uh, Thank you for listening. And remember, Doctor, you would make a good dollar. When will I see you again? Uh, Soon, I expect. Or later. One of those.